Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 29th of June. India reported over 37,000 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the total number of infections to 3.03 crore. This is the lowest single day rise in cases since 18th of March. The death toll increased by 907 and with this the total fatality count now stands at 3.97 lakh. All these figures however are widely believed to be undercounts. Yesterday the Union Health Ministry declared that during the second wave of the pandemic India reported over 40,000 cases of mucormycosis. Around 3,129 fatalities from the fungal infection were recorded. According to the ministry more than half of the affected patients were on steroids. In a separate announcement today the health ministry issued fresh guidelines on administering the covid-19 vaccine to pregnant women. It suggested that in case a woman gets infected by covid-19 she should be vaccinated soon after delivery. Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman announced a second wave stimulus to offer relief to sectors severely impacted by the pandemic. The package included a credit guarantee scheme of rupees 50000 crore to ramp up health infrastructure. Another 60000 crore was provided for other sectors and small and medium businesses. Measures to boost the tourism sector included a credit guarantee loans to tourism stakeholders and guides and free visas to 5 lakh tourists this year. Amongst other announcements, a 50% guarantee coverage for aspirational districts in case of both expansion and new projects have also been allotted. The Supreme Court today directed the center to allocate food grains to states and union territories for distribution among migrant workers free of cost till the pandemic ends. It instructed the center to develop a portal by 31st of July for registration of the unorganized sector along with providing them with related benefits. The Apex Court also directed states to set up community kitchens and run them to serve migrant workers during the pandemic. According to Indian Express, Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine may get restricted emergency use authorization by India's drug regulator. Mumbai-based pharmaceutical firm Sipla has requested import and marketing authorization of these jabs on behalf of the US pharma major. Serum Institute of India applied for approval of emergency use authorization of its vaccine from the European Union. This came a day after Serum Institute of India chief Adar Punawala said that he has taken up the matter of vaccine passports for COVID shield beneficiaries traveling to europe at the highest level meanwhile a report released by computer secretary company mcafee declared that india and chile were the top two countries targeted by fake apps to lure people with promises of vaccinations according to indian express mcafee detected malware reaching 43 million residents at the end of december in the two countries A sero survey conducted on a pediatric population of 2176 in Mumbai found that 51.18% of children have been exposed to covid-19 with most remaining asymptomatic this indicates that the severity of the infection continues to remain low among children 
The Brihan Mumbai Municipal Corporation undertook the survey from 1st of April to 15th of June with the help of Kasturba Hospital and Nair Hospital in Mumbai. The Telangana government today ordered the opening of schools, junior colleges, degree colleges, technical colleges and all other educational institutions in online mode on various platforms including digital television and the TSAT app from 1st of July. According to News 18, the state government notified that attendance of teaching staff will be limited to 50%. At the global level, according to Johns Hopkins University, the coronavirus disease has infected over 18.1 million people and killed more than 3.92 million. The Uttar Pradesh police filed an FIR against Twitter India Managing Director Manish Maheshwari for a map that allegedly appeared on Twitter showing Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh as separate from India. The head of news partnerships of Twitter India, Amrita Tripathi, has also been booked in the case. The map, however, was removed last night after outrage on social media. According to Scroll, both Maheshwari and Tripathi have been charged under Section 5052 of the IPC, which pertains to creating or promoting enmity, hatred or ill-will between classes, and Section 74 of the IT Amendment Act 2008. The FIR was filed after a complaint by Bajrang Dal leader Praveen Bhati in Uttar Pradesh's Buland Shahar district. The complaint said that this act of treason has been committed intentionally and demanded an apology. This is the second FIR against Twitter amid its dispute with the central government on compliance with the new information technology rules. In related news, the Uttar Pradesh police moved the Supreme Court today against a Karnataka High Court order that gave Maheshwari temporary protection against any coercive action. Maheshwari had filed a writ petition on 22nd of June, challenging the notice issued to him by the Ghaziabad police. The Karnataka High Court subsequently granted temporary protection to him from arrest by the UP police. The matter pertains to a case related to tweets about the assault of an elderly Muslim man in Uttar Pradesh's Ghaziabad district. The notice said that some tweets fueled animosity among sections of society and created an atmosphere of tension between communities. Despite Ghaziabad police putting out a tweet notifying Twitter that the news was fake, the notice said that Twitter did not succeed in stopping such tweets. This assault on the elderly Muslim man named Abdul Samad took place on 5th of June. On 13th of June, a video went viral on social media showing a group of unidentified men assaulting Samad and cutting off his beard in Loni. Two days later, Samad alleged in a Facebook Live that he had been abducted and forced to chant Jai Shri Ram and Vande Matram. Since then, a volley of allegations and counter-allegations has muddied the waters about the nature and motivation of the assault. So, my colleague Ashwini and I hit the ground to investigate. We found that Samad had filed two complaints, on 6th of June and on 7th of June. While the June 6th complaint mentions Samad being forced to chant Jai Shri Ram, the June 7th complaint does not. We also found that a key character in the story is Umed Pehlwan Idrisi and nobody seems certain about his motivations. To know more, read our report titled Ghaziabad Attack, The Mystery of Two Complaints and a Samajwadi Party Leader. And while you are at it, you can check our other reports on our website. 
One of our latest dispatches is from Western Rajasthan's Barmer. My colleagues Akansha and Shivangi documented the plight of hundreds of folk artists, mostly from the Muslim community, who are struggling to make ends meet. The pandemic lockdowns have pushed many of them into poverty and left them dependent on free rations distributed by the local administration for sustenance. You can read the report on our website. It is titled Folk Musicians Fall Silent as COVID Lockdown Weighs Down Burmer. Listeners, apart from ground reports like these, we at News Laundry also hold webinars, interviews and discussions on relevant issues through our podcasts such as NL Hafta, Reporters Without Orders and much more. We also organize hangout sessions like NL Recess where our subscribers get to interact with prominent writers, journalists, filmmakers, actors and others. In the past, our guests have included Gulzar, Devdoot Patnayak, Anuja Chauhan, Siddharth Kabir Bedi, Ghazala Wahab and many more. In the coming week, News Laundry's Abhinandan Sekri will be joined by poet-writer Varun Grover, satirist Akash Banerjee and food enthusiast and TV personalities Rocky Singh and Mayur Sharma. But these sessions are limited to our subscribers. To join, subscribe to us today. You can do so by clicking the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website. Our subscription starts at Rs. 300 a month only. The Uttarakhand government today postponed the Chardham Yatra till further notice after the High Court stayed the State Cabinet's decision of allowing the event for local pilgrims of three districts. On 25th of June, the Uttarakhand Cabinet had decided to open the Yatra for residents of Chamoli, Rudra Prayag and Uttarkashi districts. According to Scroll, a bench of Chief Justice R.S. Chauhan and Justice Alok Varma said the Cabinet's decision was arbitrary and unreasonable amid fears of a third wave. The judges also remarked that the administration in Haridwar and Rishikesh had singularly failed to implement the guidelines during the Kumbh Mela held in April, leading to a surge in COVID-19 cases. The court further said that if the Chardham Yatra were permitted, it would be an invitation to a catastrophe. Yesterday, a group of filmmakers, academicians and students released a set of suggestions in response to the Centre inviting feedback on the Cinematograph Amendment Bill 2021. The group included personalities like Anurag Kashyap, Hansel Mehta, Vetri Maran, Nandita Das, Shabana Azmi, Farhan Akhtar, Zoya Akhtar and Debakar Banerjee. They asserted that the proposed amendments would give the government overriding power over cinema and threaten freedom of expression in India. According to Scroll, the amendments empower the government to order the re-examination of an already certified movie. The group said, and I quote, This will also render filmmakers powerless at the hands of the state as more vulnerable to threats, vandalism and intimidation of mob censors, unquote. The signatories urged the government to drop the amendments that authorize it to revoke a film certificate and restore the film certification appellate tribunal, which was dissolved in April. They also recommended that the amendments to the Act clearly define public exhibition. They said they also enable only commercial films with substantive capital investment and revenue models tied to theatrical exhibitions. 
The group also urged the public to support their suggestions and also send their own recommendations to the center. A top-level commander of Lashkar-e-Taiba, identified as Nadim Abrar, was killed in an encounter with security forces at Malura Parimpora area of Srinagar yesterday. According to the Hindustan Times, Abrar had been first arrested by the Kashmir police last evening with incriminating materials including arms and ammunition. The gun battle ensured after his arrest when he told the police that he had kept an AK-47 rifle at his house in Malura. Thereafter, according to the Jammu and Kashmir police spokesman, when the militant was leading the security forces to his hideout in Malura, an accomplice shot at the group, injuring three personnel of the Central Reserve Police Force. This triggered an encounter and Abrar was killed. The police said that Abrar was serving as the commander of lashkar e taiba in central Kashmir and was active since 2018. On Sunday, special police officer Fayaz Ahmed, his wife and daughter in Pulwama were killed. The police said that Abrar was also linked to the killing. Activists and environmentalists in Goa opposed a notification issued by railway authorities for the acquisition of land in South Goa for the construction of an approach road near Kurchirim railway station in connection with the double tracking of a railway line. According to the Indian Express, the railway ministry through South Western Railway declared its expectation to acquire land in villages in South Goa for the special railway project. The doubling of the railway line is one of the three projects in Goa that have been widely opposed, mainly by the environmentalists and locals who shaped the Save Moller movement since November 2020. In a statement released yesterday, the Amche Mollum campaigners contended that this new notice comes as a shock to the people's movement on the ground. They said that these people have been consistently fighting to preserve Goa's natural and cultural heritage. Earlier on 23rd of April, the Central Empowerment Committee constituted by the Supreme Court had observed that it did not find any justification in the doubling of railway track from Castle Rock in Karnataka to Kulim in Goa. According to the Indian Express, another drone was spotted in the early hours today near Ratnucha Kunjwani areas near Jammu city. It was spotted thrice, first around 1.8 a.m. at Ratnuchak, then at 3.9 a.m. and 4.19 a.m. near Kunjwani area of Jammu. The area was immediately cordoned off. However, there has been no official confirmation from the army so far. This came a day after the army thwarted a major threat by opening fire at drones flying over the Kaluchak-Ratnuchak military stations near Jammu city. Meanwhile, the Jammu and Kashmir police chief Dilbag Singh told NDTV that Pakistan-based Lashkar-e-Taiba is likely involved in the drone attack on the Air Force base. According to Singh, indications of an LET link came from a man identified as Nadimul Haq, who was arrested on Sunday from Banihal with an explosive device weighing 4 kg. Several Palestinian journalists rallied outside a United Nations building in Ramallah on Monday after several journalists were injured while covering demonstrations in the city. According to Al Jazeera, the clashes had erupted last week due to activist Nizar Banat's death in custody. Banat was widely known for social media videos exposing alleged corruption with the Palestinian Authority. 
He died shortly after security forces stormed his home and violently arrested him. Days of clashes between protesters and police have left several journalists injured. According to reporters without borders, 12 Palestinian journalists including 5 women were assaulted by Palestinian police during the weekend unrest in the occupied West Bank. A reporter with the new Arab media outlet Naila Khalil told Al Jazeera that a group of Palestinian reporters submitted a letter to the UN urging the world body to take necessary and immediate measures to protect media freedom. Besides, human rights groups in Ramallah announced on Monday the formation of a legal team to follow up on the attacks on journalists. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, 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 oh,